Hello, CC members and partners. Welcome back to the CC Podcast Telco, where you can find some of the latest CC executive interviews, CC webinar lives, and CC GCCM magazine industry articles. Today, we will be reviewing the Ella Link white paper, Diversity Requirements and Reducing the Risk of Traffic Loss in Your Network, authored by Lindsay Thomas, Mike Hollins, Gavin Moran, and Vincent Gatineau. Diversity Requirements and Reducing the Risk of Traffic Loss in Your Network. Introduction. This paper seeks to review the diversity requirements in modern submarine cable systems and discusses how increased diversity can be built into new telecoms networks. It assesses the specific requirements related to submarine and terrestrial routes, civil works and infrastructure. The paper also reviews customer requirements for diversity, the likelihood of outages and the trade-off between risk and cost. The drivers for new diverse routes are considered and the Ellalink system is presented as a case study for designing diversity into future networks. What is diversity and how does increasing diversity protect your telecoms network? When the term diversity is used with respect to telecommunication systems, it relates to independence and separation. Diverse subsea cable routes are ones which take a different route along the seabed. Diverse landings are those which come into different beaches or another part of a beach into a separate manhole. The level of separation required to determine a route as diverse from another is variable. For example, shore ends one kilometre apart may be acceptable for some customers or in some parts of the world, but in areas where there is a lot of anchorage or fishing activity, cable routes tens of kilometres apart may be preferential. Similarly, on the terrestrial side, some customers may accept diversity as being cables on the opposite side of a road, whereas others may look for a 100 metre separation or even kilometres. Some users may accept vertical diversity, over and under a bridge, for example. Others may not. Often, users require additional increased separation from a particular strategic route that is already popular. We need diversity in telecoms networks to minimize the impact of faults and to reduce outage periods during system failures, maintenance activities, upgrades, etc. Faults can be hard, such as a complete cable break due to external aggression, seismic activity, or human intervention, for example. Or they can be soft, due to software glitches, intermittent failures, fiber degradation, and the like. Modern telecoms networks support tens of terabits of traffic, carrying content such as Netflix, YouTube, and WhatsApp. Current internet traffic is made up of 80% video, social and gaming, and 20% other applications. During the recent COVID-19 pandemic, YouTube made up 15% of all global traffic during lockdown, an increase of 7.25% from 2019 and Netflix followed with an 11% share. The use of many applications grew, with remote conferencing and VPNs leading the way ahead of video streaming, gaming, and social sharing. These figures highlight the potential impact of an outage with repercussions so far-reaching that system providers need to build reliable networks that can easily and quickly be maintained. 
The period of outage that follows a fault is determined by the location of the fault, the availability of spares or replacement parts, suitable resources to perform the work, and access to the fault location. If, for example, the fault is on the seabed, all of these factors become more complicated. Permits may be required to perform the work, a cable ship to carry out the work, spares collection from storage depot, etc. Similarly, repairs on terrestrial networks will need to be timed to suit the fibre provider and are often more complicated when the fibre is rooted near train lines, on overhead cables or other critical infrastructure. The requirement for diversity in cable systems is considered so critical that the International Cable Protection Committee believe there is a need for a change in attitude and regulation in many countries to allow root diversity to be considered as a factor equal to fishing rights, mineral rights and protection of the marine environment. In some instances, constraints due to permitting and slash or existing seabed users such as HVDC cable, wind farms, ONG, etc. have forced telecoms cable owners seeking route diversity to reroute new systems into less favorable areas. Network diversity relates to different paths available to signals. Diverse connections should operate independently of one another. When designing internet connectivity resilience, for example, the goal is to make your links as independent from one another as you can. Furthermore, it is important to examine the autonomous system paths of the providers you select to ensure they do not depend on one another for transit. Multiple acquisitions and mergers have made maintaining carrier diversity more complicated. Different carriers will typically maintain different fiber routes and inline amplifier sites, but mergers and subsequent network integration can lead to overlap between two previously separate networks. As a result of this activity, which has happened a lot in recent times, many customers look to lease capacity from two or more different carriers in their networks. Other elements of diversity in your network include items such as redundant diverse power supplies and diverse entry points to a building. Other elements of diversity in your network include items such as redundant diverse power supplies and diverse entry points to a building. Customer requirements for ensuring network availability have increased as the amount of capacity networks carry has grown. Having diversity in your network generally improves reliability and subsequently uptime. The more paths a signal has available to it, the more choices it has when one of the routes is down. Building diversity in your network should, in theory, protect against total blackouts due to a singular fault. There are several recent examples of major outages due to technical issues, the impact of which propagated far more widely than expected, predominantly due to a lack of availability of alternate traffic paths. The reputational damage this sort of event causes can be fairly catastrophic for a business, and this balance of additional capex spend to make your network more resilient versus loss of revenue due to outages is a delicate one. It is also worth noting that having root diversity is meaningless unless the diverse capacity, spectrum or fibre is adequately equipped to restore the primary path and the network is configured to automatically restore services. This is where the delicate balance of cost and risk needs to be considered and network planning needs to be based around the strategic placement of equipment and intelligent network design.
there is another side to the requirement for root diversity, one which stems from the need to ensure diversity of supply in case of an issue with the source, for example, politically, commercially, competitively, or otherwise. There may be geopolitical reasons for having your point-to-point -point network routed across two different countries, and concerns over mounting political tensions can also drive the creation of new diverse routes to get from A to B. In contrast, new routes may also be created due to a requirement or preference to connect cross countries which have a particular cultural or political alignment. The price of transit through certain regions may preclude the backup route following a parallel path to the primary one, and certain customers may wish to avoid routing over certain countries. Diversity of supply also extends to the supply chain, and owners should ensure that adequate provisions are made in their purchasing methodology to protect against single source issues. Some customers may be limited in their procurement selection or have a particular driver to avoid certain suppliers. It is crucial for not only construction, but also operations and maintenance purposes that the pool of available equipment and system suppliers is diverse. The COVID-19 pandemic has also shown us that different countries respond differently to times of crisis and factories and works which were able to stay open in some parts of the world may not have been able to continue in others. Having diverse choices wherever possible in the supply chain always adds value and offers stability to a project or system. Balancing risk and cost. How many routes are needed for one reliable path? A sub-optic paper by Andy Palmer Felgate and Peter Boy, published in 2016, addressed the issue of how many diverse paths were required in order to secure five nines, which is 99.999%, availability at layer one level on strategic cable routes such as UK to Ireland or Brazil to Miami. By analysing the number of repairs performed per year, the outage duration during each repair and subsequently the availability of the route, the study was able to show, for example, that a transatlantic path between New York and London needs three diverse routes to secure 99.999% availability of a network. Interestingly, the paper went on to look at the number of available submarine systems along each route. In the case of New York to London, this was 12 at the time of publication, and proved that having paths on all these systems would give an excessive 29s availability. These findings are very interesting as historically three transoceanic routes was a popular choice for carriers, but over the last 10 years, this number has increased. And for a long time, the content providers have considered five, seven, and upwards number of diverse routes to be an absolute requirement on strategic paths. The OPEX cost for wet maintenance provisions on multiple cable systems should also be factored into network design and planning. Terrestrial route diversity is equally as critical, although it is important to note that it is typically more straightforward to fix a cable fault on land than at sea. Geographic redundancy, where routes share no common points or infrastructure, is key to protect against a simple fibre cut taking out an end-to-end -end network. Most carriers and content providers will look for three routes across a terrestrial link, although some now build in four paths. The aim is to ensure that two circuits can take two completely separate paths between their originating point to their final destination. 
This protects the network against construction damage, weather, fire, and other potentially catastrophic events in a single location, taking out an entire network. Top tier carriers tend to look for eight meters of horizontal separation between two routes in a metro area, but as low as five meters can be accepted where there is a lack of choice due to planning permissions, ownership of land, timing, etc. On occasion, a dig either side of a road may not be possible due to road stability, such as a single lane bridge or a single lane rural road, and hence satisfactory physical separation is unavailable. In these sorts of instances, it is known for two meter vertical separation or concrete casing separating the two parallel routes to have been accepted. Last mile, pinch points, CLS, DC, and POP requirements. On occasion, carriers will have different long haul networks that will all converge onto the same road or even the same side of the same road as they approach a common metro, data center, or cable landing station. Pinch points such as these should be avoided as they pose an equal amount of threat to network availability as lack of diversity in all other parts of a network. Crossover in a metro, campus, or last mile area leaves your network vulnerable to a single event taking it down. On entry to a data center or point of presence, it is advisable that different entry points on different sides of a building are insured. Fibers coming in from the west should exit from the east, etc. Similarly, where cable landing stations, CLS, are concerned, Different entry points for the subsea and backhaul cables are best. In the case of Ellalink, where diverse backhauls are provided, there will be two distinct entry exit points from buildings, each with a separate manhole. Similarly, physically diverse beach manholes for different cable systems are beneficial and protect against multiple systems being affected by water ingress, for example. For a data center, it is preferable to have two entry exit points per backhaul route, i.e. A route will access one way and exit a diverse way, as the destination for boat legs will be different. It is also desirable for the next backhaul route to have separate entry exit points, which means for two backhaul routes into a data center, there would be four diverse entry points. The requirements for separation within building housing transmission equipment are vast and range from rack to cage to room. Diverse circuits may be procured based on utilizing different pieces of equipment with diversely powered A and B feeds. Distinct overhead tray work, typically with fibers protected by a copax tube, all the way to the desired rack location with fibers accessing the rack via a different spout in the tray work is common. Redundant power supplies have historically been the norm, but diverse power sources require true A and B feeds, where power is fed from different bus bars, power cables leave the power plant in separate overhead trays and stay completely apart from power source to equipment. Furthermore, power enters the rack via different spouts if fed from overhead, or different spaces in the floor if the rack is fed from underground. Similarly, Diverse backup power typically has three layers and N plus one redundancy, i.e. having one more generator than is needed to carry the load and duplicating the battery bank array. The idea being that your network can run at full load even during a serious mains outage based on having primary mains power, secondary generator power designed for outages of longer than 48 to 72 hours, tertiary UPS, usually battery backed, power to handle shorter outages. 
And finally, presence in multiple meet-me rooms within a data center can add even more resilience to a network. Physical separation requirements for data centers and POPs. Data centers can be aggregation points for backhaul routes and circuits, so it is important that customers can deliver multiple circuits on diverse paths to different data centers, which will protect against a single location event, such as an explosion, fire, or flood, taking out an entire network. Implementing multiple POPs in your network means that if one goes down, you can reroute your traffic from the compromised location and keep all of the circuits operational. Typically, unless it is a campus location, there will be diverse backhaul routes to the different POPs. Is diversity a driver for the creation of new subsea routes? Drivers for the creation of new submarine cable routes can be a simple requirement for diversity, a tactical design such as low latency paths, or stem from a logistical constraint such as a particular owner being locked out of a new cable deal. All of these different drivers have in the past, for some regions, led to a glut of systems with not all of the existing capacity being utilized. Another issue is that having too many systems along one route can lead to congested landing areas resulting in different cable systems not actually offering any more resilience than each other because they all suffer from the same sources of external aggression. Similarly, it is important to note that in the quest for diversity, cable system owners also have a social responsibility to respect other seabed users. Building a skinny cable in an already congested area may force future seabed users into suboptimal underwater terrains and landing points. Looking at the case of Ellalink, where a new route between Europe and Latin America has been created across the Southern Atlantic, the main driver for the chosen path was to enable a direct connection between the two continents. Having a direct route reduces latency between the continents and in theory improves system reliability because the overall route length on a direct path is much lower than that via North America. There were many other reasons for the Ellalink design, but diversity and latency are the most prominent. Diversity case study, the Ellalink network. Traditionally, transatlantic submarine cable systems have taken a route across the North Atlantic from Europe to Canada, New Jersey, New York, and more recently to Virginia Beach. Those wishing to reach Latin America would access onward connectivity via a separate cable system, predominantly headed to the Brazilian hotspots of Fortaleza, Rio de Janeiro, and Praia Grande. The primary focus of the Ellalink design was to offer a direct, high-speed connection across a diverse transatlantic path for those wishing to reach Latin America directly from Europe and vice versa. Ellalink has placed diversity at the forefront of all its strategic design decisions, from the data center connections to the backhaul solutions and the subsea route. In order to trailblaze an entirely new subsea route sufficient due to diligence needs to be performed on the subsea and environmental conditions that will be in play. Marine route planning is key to this process and for Ellalink, much of the deep water parts of the system will be installed in areas that had not previously been surveyed. For example, specific analysis of the Mid-Atlantic Trench was carried out with engineers studying seismic activity and comparing it to that of the traditional North Atlantic routes. 
Using information such as that available in the IRIS database, the engineers were able to ascertain that the specific route selected for Ellalink to cross the Mid-Atlantic Ridge showed less risk of seismic activity than the popular routes across the North Atlantic. Hence, in this case, opting for route diversity offered additional advantages for the system. New subsea routes often come into new beaches for diversity purposes, and in the case of Ellalink, Signs was selected as the landing site in Portugal to avoid the busy areas of Semsibra, Carcavelos and Seychelles. The Ellalink approach into Portugal was also selected to avoid the main fishing areas and reinforced with continuous burial up to 1,500 metres water depth. The system is terminated by a robust bore pipe at the landing. In Brazil, it was desirable to come into the same beach in Fortaleza as a number of existing systems, due to its suitability as a landing site and its proximity to the Telxius cable landing station. But a new beach manhole and short front hall route have been built to avoid local congestion and single points of failure. In Cabo Verde and Madeira, the landing points were chosen to provide diversity to the existing submarine cables that already land on the islands. From a terrestrial perspective, the backhaul routes to Lisbon and Madrid are diverse and run over both gas pipes and power lines respectively. Within the compound of the new cable landing station signs, a zero manhole to the north is used for the submarine cable with two separate manholes for the diverse backhaul routes, one to the northeast and the other to the southeast of the building. This not only provides physical diversity between the submarine cable and the backhaul cable entries into the CLS, but also physical separation between the backhaul cables. Within the CLS itself, the duct routes for each of these cables terminate in three separate rooms. Therefore, they remain fully diverse. There are two physically diverse backhaul routes from the CLS. One of these backhaul routes runs in underground ducts alongside a gas pipeline for approximately 90 kilometers and then utilizes the optical ground wire, OPGW, on the overhead electrical transmission lines to the data center in Lisbon. From here, it uses the OPGW on the route from Lisbon to the data center in Madrid. The second backhaul route from Signs follows a diverse route from the CLS in underground ducts to an interconnection point with the overhead electrical transmission lines in the ZILS industrial park. From here, it utilizes the OPGW along the route to the two data centers in Madrid. Two discrete data center locations have been assigned in Madrid to allow for maximum connectivity and diversity. For example, at the Intertion Madrid data center, 150 plus networks, content and cloud providers are present. This means there are numerous diverse options for reaching the Ellalink POP from the rest of Europe. In particular, there is a significant new internet highway developing between Marseille and Madrid as part of the intercontinental traffic flows from Asia to Latin America. The presence of multiple providers who have connections between the two cities means Ellalink is able to ensure maximum resilience for its terrestrial network. The Ellalink network has been engineered with reliability at the forefront and diversity requirements have been considered wherever possible. As the first ever high capacity direct fiber route between the continents of Europe and Latin America, subsea diversity is assured. This paper has aimed to highlight the key customer requirements for diversity in each major part of the network and address the question of balancing cost with risk when considering 
how much diversity is truly necessary. For further information, please contact info at ella.link. If you would like to read this article or view it in its original video format, you can find both sources at www.carriercommunity.com, where you can also find out more about our CC Executive Interviews, CC Webinar Lives, and CC GCCM Magazine Industry Articles. Thank you for tuning in to the CC Podcast Telco, and be sure to subscribe to us on whatever platform you're tuning in from to make sure that you never miss out on these vital industry insights. See you next time.